And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are explorers. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness, that is life. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Base, the final frontier. Make it so. Do it. Hit it. Let's fly. I'm Lindsay. I'm Aiden. And we're the Vicks. And this episode, we are here to talk about the fifth episode of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Imposters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, well, it's, we're halfway through now, Lindsay. Yep. Uh, and I think my previous four episodes, I've been on the record about being cautious. Cautiously cautious. I've been on some spectrum of the cautious meter. And I think that time is over. Uh, it's I mentioned it last episode. It's time to make a decision. And I really enjoyed this episode. So, so are you are you jumping into the optimistic pool? I am back in the optimism wagon. Yeah. Uh, All right. I think it's I think the episode was good, mm-hmm. and uh, the the future looks bright. I would say that uh, so bright you need to wear shades. Not quite. There's no. still a few niggly bits that uh, bother me yeah. personally, and I think are to the detriment of the overall story and mm. everything that's being told. But on the whole, this was a great episode. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And my nitpicks are relatively small. I think so. I think I'm in the same boat. I yep. really thought it was a tight episode. Uh, nicely paced. The mystery is unfolding at, at, at like a nice leisurely stroll. There's enough mystery yeah. left to keep us guessing. And, yeah, yeah. But there's not so many... Like, I hate it when a show throws things, like, twists at you just for the sake of throwing a twist at you that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, it feels like if there are twists that are coming, they feel, generally, they feel kind of, like, they realistic and earned almost. So, yeah, like, I you could like, guess them. Yes. Right? Whereas some shows will just be all completely out in left field. And so this is this is nice that... that you know, it feels guessable. It feels like if you thought about it long enough, you'd be able to come yeah. up with the plot. Well, it feels like they've they've they planned this well. You know, the the season yeah. has an arc, and everything is is moving as it should yeah. towards this. The fact that Beverly from the very first episode was like, "Don't involve Starfleet. Don't trust course, anyone. Yeah, don't trust anybody." And now we're back to not trusting anyone. You know, we're kind of arriving where uh, Crusher was at the start of the season, which is kind of annoying because like, no, no, no. No, I don't think it is because I, we didn't know it was changeling. She didn't know it was changeling. That's so true. She knew that's that true. there was something there was not something trustworthy wrong. about yeah. it. And I love that that thread. You know what? We're getting too far into it. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's my turn to do the 30 second yes, synopsis. It is. So before we get too deep into our breakaway take aparts, does that? That's a, yeah, that's, yeah, I knew exactly what you meant. Um, I should do my synopsis. Ready whenever you are, Lindsay. You have 30 seconds on the clock. I'm ready. In three, two, one, go. So Picard and friends have to get back to Starfleet and face the music, as they say. Uh, Shaw is already on it and is called Starfleet into um, plays said music. And Rolaren shows up to be the one to choreograph such said music. Um, turns out there's changelings 
up and down. It's changelings all the way down. Rolaren dies to deliver this secret. Um, and uh, Riker and Picard meet Worf at the end. I missed the whole Worf and Rafi Yeah, you really, yeah, you just kind of dropped that plot, one But there, really, but I mean, good. it was kind of a side... Still, still feels side questy. Although it does tie together, as yes, I alluded now, to at the end of the synopsis, um, Rolaren. A Rolaren is back. Was back. Was back. But she, <laughs> she was, she was worse handler. Yeah, so that, that does that tie, whole... which you could see coming from a mile what? away. And I mean, I know all, all about you know you need the secrecy in, in in the intelligence community, but is it handlers all the way down to like did did Ro Laren also have a handler somewhere in Starfleet? Like at some no, point, I don't, someone I don't, needs to be it, connected to the to I the think, establishment. I think uh, it it sounds like Ro was the top of that chain because she yes. said she has two people on the ground. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I get it. Like, I'm just saying. Like it was yeah. when I was watching the War Raffi scenes, and there was like my handler. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, well, that's kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. I thought you were the, like, if Starfleet Intelligence can't trust Worf, son of Moog, who's saved the Federation, the Federation a dozen of times. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's saved everybody millions of times. They can't trust him to be like the key conduit. They have to trust Roland. Just, it's a little off. Today was a good day to die. <laughs> or. So at the heart of this episode, Lindsay, was Roland. Mm hmm. And uh, Jean-Luc Picard, their dynamic, their relationship, um, of course, left on a very sour note at the end of, uh, it was in season seven of of Next Generation. This this is what, I remember the end of that episode, and it's been a while, Mm -hmm. with her pulling the phaser on Riker and and that. Transporting to the Maquis, yeah. 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 Um, What was the end, how did it end with Picard? Like, Riker must have let him know, and then was there... Yeah, Picard was just pissed at his desk, because I remember he was just looking off into the distance and he was like she betrayed me because it feels like his anger towards her and maybe this is because it's been 30 years of Mm -hmm. he's been stewing with it yeah i guess yeah yeah. but his anger is so i don't know he wasn't even that angry at his father last season right yeah like he was so angry at her and i didn't really understand why and maybe i need to rewatch that episode to find out and, and get the, get the but it again. did feel yeah. like it was a little bit overblown and overwrought see i i disagree i thought it was okay. perfect because that was he if there's one thing that picard stood for in the next generation it was this idea of the uplifting positive good vision of starfleet sure he was always making the right call starfleet was always the good guys yeah and they did the right thing every time and she and betrayed that she betrayed that she went to join yeah. a terrorist group and i feel like his anger in that moment was very justified and throughout everything else that's happened, he held he held but, on to that. But 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 it is understandable now. I think we had much more separation than Picard did. I think we could understand where Rolaren was coming from. And also we saw that in the past couple seasons of Picard that Feder- the Federation yeah, is not perfect. That's and, what I mean. Yeah. Like, why is he... I, I I guess I like... We're going to talk about it in a bit, but the the Federation threat that's been revealed, I guess, over the course of the last couple of episodes, or the threat to the Federation and to Starfleet, um, it's not the first time that this has happened. And Picard was kind of on the outs already with them. So yeah. why is he so... Like, it, it seems strange that he is so devoted to them again. Yeah. Even though they spurned him, even though they didn't believe him, even though, like, I don't know. 
No, it's true. It's fair. I think I again, this feels like this should have been season one of Picard. Yeah. yeah. You know, like honestly, it yeah, feels if you're like, gonna if you're gonna make uh um Starfleet be this like interlopers in Starfleet in Starfleet, the Jat Vash thing in season one of Picard yeah. is fine, but this is so much more compelling. Yeah. And feels like such more such a threat. Yes. Such a bigger threat, I guess. Yeah, and like it doesn't rely on oh, uh Vulcan was secretly a Romulan this whole time. Like that's been done too. Like that that was yeah. that whole plot was just it felt a little tacked on. Um and here it feels central. Like yes, Starfleet is compromised is like the yeah. the phrase of the well, episode and, and that, it feels real. And credit I guess to the writers of this season that it does feel um central and it does feel mm-hmm. like this was very well thought out like the entire time because there yes, Rafi and Warfer like on this side quest, but it does tie into the central quest it's not like um whatever seven and raffi were doing last oh, season yeah, where it was God. all over the place and whatever rios was doing and yeah. like all this even stuff. in season one like with the borg the whole thing yeah. with the borg went absolutely nowhere in yeah. season one and it was a so, huge plot and so it, yeah. it's like this feels very tight i think is how you've described it it's yeah. like this episode especially was very tightly yeah. choreographed very focused very yeah, yeah it was it, this episode was about roe and picard and everything mm-hmm. else was kind of secondary i mean the the changelings are what bring them back together to focus yeah. on this this uh, purpose but that, that makes they do it so share. tense too because yeah. so the changelings we find out in this episode are not the changelings we knew yeah. and the changelings have posed a threat to the federation to starfleet before um back in DS9 we saw them trying to like there there were changelings everywhere and they developed protocols to that we learn from 7 um don't, in this episode yeah. are like still being implemented Used, but they don't work anymore yeah right because crushers figured out that they are able to replicate not just mm-hmm. like human form but like human physiology yeah. like they have blood yeah of course it doesn't hold up like you can still you you see her and it, it the the chunk i guess of yeah yeah she's just dissecting something yeah. yeah yeah so i mean there is still changeling there but it takes a lot more to um identify who a changeling is there are still tells and i think that's explored really nicely in in picard and rose interaction yeah um so there are still ways like we talked about in our last episode how would you know if we were a changeling so i like that and i like that this is like tense ds9 dominion war changeling Mm -hmm. um threats but like to the max yeah like Like, this this is totally different yeah because like before the changelings were a threat but they were a a threat you could deal with you can identify them you can figure out who's who you could find yeah exactly there were tests there were ways of doing it and now that's just thrown out the window now you basically have to kill them in order to find out if they're actually a changeling which is uh the end of the episode we'll get there too um but yeah it's and it's it has done such a number on Starfleet that we haven't really seen actually since season one. Yeah. Uh, the, the brain worm dudes. Uh, yeah. I forget what they're called. Uh, Bluegills. Bluegills. Yeah. So that was the last one that really threatened the, the core of Starfleet. Yeah. And now we have this. Well, this unless section. you talk about the Jat Vash. Okay, well, they were just in Starfleet Intelligence yeah. or something. Whereas, and I don't remember, but anyways. Um, you blocked most of season Yeah, I really have <laughs> forgotten most of it. Um, and yeah, and that's that's a really powerful statement because mm-hmm. and this episode really gets to the core of it because Picard is so defensive about that institution of Starfleet. Right. And here it is being taken apart. And it wasn't in a two-episode arc the way Conspiracy was. Right. Uh, you know, this is, this is really a 
this is the whole season and it does make sense and it is uh, scary and it, mm-hmm. it it has some weight to it because we've seen it, Vatics after them and now all of Starfleet is after them. Potentially, like, yeah. Like that's that's a crazy well, amount of tension and, to have there. And I guess that's where my previous complaint about um, Picard's loyalty to this institution, maybe it's unfounded because maybe he's learned to love again. <laughs> that was late. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe he's come around to, obviously he's come around to the idea of being true to Starfleet again and for it to not be the Starfleet that he remembers mm-hmm. and to have that loyalty be challenged by Roe in such a central, like that whole conversation that they have once again in Guinan's bar. I swear to God, they you know, really need to get their money's worth. Yeah. Absolutely. And every single meaningful conversation <laughs> with two characters, with the yeah. exception of, of Picard and Crusher discussing Jack's uh, parentage yes. in sickbay, yeah. has been conducted at the bar. Yeah. Like, I'm expecting Sam Malone to walk up, <laughs> Morn to be sitting at the end. Morn will be there for sure. I mean, Morn's been dropped a couple times yeah, now. So, I mean, yeah. he's another risky one. We'll get to, we'll get anyway, to a callback. I think, I think that was, um, that was. Maybe that's handled better than I'm giving it credit for. Maybe this is maybe this is a good thing. I mean, but it, I mean, I remember the very first episode of episode one of season yeah. one of Picard. You know, he has that interview with the Federation News mm-hmm. Network, and he's like, "It wasn't Starfleet anymore." It was kind of like the summary right. that Starfleet had turned its back on him yeah. back then, and it really does feel like this is just now retre- retread either retreading that. it or just not. Well, that, and that's that's what I mean. We're getting into our nitpicks a little early, but yeah. like. I'm not nitpicking this. This is a much stronger storyline than what they did with season one with the Jat Vash. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. I wish this had been the season one storyline. That This was the reason that all the Romulan moon blowing up things or star, whatever, whatever happened on Romulus yeah. that, um, that Picard was dealing with before season one that led him to leave. Yeah. Um, that can be whatever it is, but the the central conspiracy of season one should have been something more central like this because I feel like this is just so much more meaningful. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, this is the way season one should have been done. Yeah, it, it's that simple. You broke my heart, and she broke mine. So speaking of changelings, though. Um, this episode, because we could find out all those details, like they, they produce blood and they yeah. stay in solid form and they, you know, they, uh, they can re- replicate organs and everything like mm. this. It does kind of explain, like there, there was a lot of discussion online about like, is Vatica a changeling? Is she like a parasite or something? Like, yeah. what is that? Um, and the showrunner, Terry Metalis did come out and say, no, she's a changeling. Yeah. Okay. And now we know why she's yeah. like this and also explains why all those Turian looking, Mass Effect guys uh, on her ship, the clicker dudes, they all stay in right. one shape too when Beverly was shooting them up. Like they don't, they yeah, can't yeah, just yeah. liquefy themselves. Apparently, maybe not. Uh, they yeah. can't do what Odo used to when he'd get in trouble. He'd just turn into well, liquid. Well, and, and I, I also read somewhere, and I didn't see this because I'm not on Twitter, but yeah. maybe this was another Terry Metalis. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he answers questions on Twitter. But the fact that the changelings look like um, liquefied meat this ep- or this yeah. season and not shimmery gold like Odo did. It's not just a CGI budget increase that they're doing. Okay. There's a reason that they look like yeah. that. So that might be yeah, kind of it. related to why yeah. they can't shapeshift as easily. Yes. Um, and they're kind of limited to humanoid shape. We haven't seen them in anything yeah. except a humanoid. It's not yeah. Like, no one's being a plant or yeah, a computer or, console. Exactly. Like, or so, a chair like Odo was. Yeah, right? yeah. Or a bag. Like yeah. the very first yeah. episode yeah. when they turned into a bag. Yeah. Right? Like so that. So I... 
I have to eat crow a little bit here because I was very uh, critical of like, oh, well, a changeling, they would never get caught in humanoid form after they did something bad. Right. And I was talking I about that. Right, I saying that. Yeah, so... They, they've they've justified it here. Mm-hmm. I will happily admit I was very wrong. Uh, and I like this. I like this changing of the changelings. Yeah. I like that they, they're they a little less dangerous, but they've somehow become more dangerous yeah. in that same space. It's, yeah. it's like Beverly says, this isn't a new threat. It's an evolved threat. Yeah. And like... You know, okay, so your mom is also watching alone. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she just caught up, like she was a, yeah. a couple of days behind us, but she caught up the other day, and um, and she seems kind of mad that they're bringing back all of these like yeah. like storylines and everything like that and characters, and um, yeah. which you know, say what you will about the fan service aspect, whether you like it or not. Um, I do think that this is not just a it's not just a simple retread of these older stories. There's like there's growth and there's evolution in mm. in the way that is and it and it does feel true to life like we were joking around at supper time um this season of earth has the same villain returning <laughs> from the cold war like russia is back right yeah, like yeah. you know who would have saw that coming well the writers of earth season whatever yep. saw it coming um so i mean it it does feel legitimate that you'd have this old threat the changelings or maybe, yeah. you know, connected with the Dominion or connected with the Paw Wraiths or something yeah. have come back in a new form, a stronger form, a different form to yeah. try and take down their old enemy. Yeah. Right? And I, that I, makes sense. Yeah. I like that. For sure. And I mean, we never got any resolution no. with, with the changelings, right? Just so, Odo but, went back to the Great Link and, and just cured everything. Yeah. Theoretically. We've yeah. talked about this in the past. Like, yeah. it's it's... It was a little unsatisfying, but it, it worked for DS9. But the fact that no other show, movie, anything picked that up until now, until now, yeah. has always been hanging over our heads, I guess. Yeah. So that that's that's fair. I, I do like that, and I I feel like if this is kind of shedding setting the show up for a bit of trouble, though, I feel like if the like core motivating factor behind this is some weird fan service trope or something like that and it's not an organic thing about the changelings themselves or about um you know some larger political thing or something that would drive the changelings to not only evolve and limit themselves but also do do this to starfleet mm-hmm. um you know have they teamed up with the borg or something you know like if, is there some sort of reason that all these factors are coming together now i i'm just saying if it's not satisfying when we get the answer it's going to do the whole show a bit of a disservice what would be a way that they would do it in a like in an unsatisfying fan service i i don't know lore found one of them and genetically altered them to get his ultimate revenge and you know even though data's already dead like i don't know like it it, there there could be lots of bad ways of doing it Mm -hmm. is is my worry and Mm -hmm. it's maybe it's unjustified um but it does have me hesitating Although after this episode, maybe a little less. Yeah. So far, they've they've handled it very well. I'm I'm enjoying the changeling mm-hmm. reveal. I I hope I will continue to do so. Is this a new species? No. It's evolution, which means they could be anywhere or anyone, and we would never know. Speaking of things getting more and more interesting, I think mm-hmm. the the Jack Crusher angle has uh, like this is what I meant about the the mystery um, deepening kind of organically. Um, we have no idea what's going on with him, and yeah. the, the episode starts and ends with his story. It's bookended by um, 
dream sequences or or visions or whatever it is that he's having. So um, he starts off like he sees these red tentacles and this door that keeps coming up and there's all kinds of like dream symbolism and things that could be said about doors as like portals or thresholds or beginning one thing ending another and the fact that this door is closed but slowly opening you know there's there's some secret about his past that is about to be revealed um and i thought it was yeah it was really interesting that he Starts off the episode and we see him killing all the bridge crew. Mm -hmm. And the end of the episode, he does kill, quote unquote, Starfleet crew members, but they're changelings. Mm -hmm. And so he's worried and he like when seven gives him the the command red uniform to to put on and he's like no i can't because i was wearing that in my vision when i killed everybody he he's having a vision of something happening but it's not correct he's not killing indiscriminately like it seems he thinks he is in his visions as the episode progresses what actually happens is a very purposeful murdering of four changelings who are trying to take him back to the intrepid and correct me if i'm wrong Lindsay. maybe you interpreted it differently but my understanding was he really didn't know the difference between those dreams at the start of the episode and the one in the transporter pad and what actually happened with the changelings like he doesn't really seem to be able to differentiate between reality and the dream well the, the dreams and like he can't control it sometimes the dream will actually happen as it did with the changeling sometimes he can back and, and do you, not do it do you th- i didn't see the ending as him acting out a dream like i don't think no, he no, was in a dream no, state when that was happening no that no what that, you mean well that's the thing there is no difference for him like he can't tell sometimes whether what he's doing is actually happening or if it's just a dream like mm. it's oh, it I seems see. like maybe it's like a potential future that he sees before it happens and it's yeah. kind of up to him and he can't but he doesn't really have full control over well, what happens in that moment yeah i mean certainly that makes sense for the first scene that we see Although he's not on the bridge when that happens. No, but the transporter one... The transporter room one was was interesting and different. I think that that... Let's let's talk about that in a second. You sure. had an interesting comment you wanted to make about linking this to Neon Genesis of Evangelion. <laughs> that... Well, just the just the hedgehog dilemma thing. Explain they, this for our viewers or listeners well, who don't just, know Neon Genesis. I, well, it's really more about hedgehogs is the the useful thing. But you know, it, someone who's afraid that they will be hurt, like a hedgehog, um, develops spikes on their back, and that uh, protects them. But it also means they can never get close to anybody. Uh, they can never build connections, okay. and socialize with people in a healthy way. Yeah. And Jack has kind of developed this. He's had his mom his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, every time Picard in this episode, he's like, "Let me." Maybe you can join Starfleet. And Jack's like, you really haven't been paying attention. I yeah. do not want to be around people. And it seems like this is why. Because he knows he's dangerous. And right. he's kind of got a sense of this. I was a little disappointed at the end of the episode when Beverly was like, yeah. can you tell me what's wrong? Like, she yeah. never noticed this before. Well, she mentioned something about him having bad dreams as a child. Yeah. And I'm like, "I okay. That's Beverly Crusher... On the scale of parents in Star Trek, she's one of the better ones. <laughs> she is one of the better but ones. But this is this feels like you're dropping the ball, Bev, yeah. because like if your kid is having such bad dreams and you've never dug deeper and, and your kid is having problems and there's people after you and you think he might be the reason, like don't you think you're going to have this conversation a little bit earlier? And did she never notice? Has this just started happening? Right. I, you don't, we don't know that. We don't so, know. That's true. Yeah. But it does seem, I, I was hoping that she knew and was in on it. I would have liked that a little bit more. Um, it would have added some depth to Beverly because so far she's had some interesting things to do in the first couple episodes. She is the driving force behind, you know, 
what happened last episode with the birthing uterus yeah, or whatever yeah. that was happening yeah. in the, the jellyfish thing. Yeah. Um, this episode with the changelings, like she is playing a medical role and that's great, but I would like to see her. She's already kept this one secret from Jean-Luc Picard for like 20 years, some years. Yeah, yeah. So why not have her keep be keeping more? I would like, I would have liked to see that develop for some reason. I want yeah. my women to be duplicitous, but, um, <laughs> But the fact that, you know, this is something that clearly has been bothering him or it's alluded to that it's been bothering him for a long time and maybe now it's just coming out. I don't know. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Do you want to do you want to talk about like theories about what that might mean? Do you have any? Do you? Well, I mean. (laughs) So they're sending over a shuttle of security officers. Shuttle. Something wrong with their transporters? Apparently the security officer is insisting on a shuttle. Strange. So Roe doesn't trust anybody with the transporters. Yes. Which initially leads you to believe it's it's a bit of a red herring that she is the changeling. The changeling. Because she doesn't want to be detected through a, right. the scanner. Or whatever, which right? is we don't know at the time. That the scanners are useless. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, she still doesn't trust the the transporters. Um, And then we see Jack when he has his vision on the transporter. It's of the people on the transporter dying, screaming and and dying. And he sees this. Yeah, he's not killing them. So that that was the thing. That that vision was not him killing anybody. No, he did So it's different. Then he had a vision immediately after where he killed the the transporter. But the the transporter... No, it wasn't him. Moment, right? Yeah. So, and it, and you know, like, what does that mean? Like, is is he, are these actual premonitions? Is this him having access to information that is not? Well, see, so so here's so interesting theories have been mm-hmm. coming up um, all over. Probably Reddit is where I'm reading most of the stuff. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, that he's some kind of a sleeper agent, or has is a changeling himself. Yeah, and that he can see that the transporters are somehow dangerous to changelings. Yeah. So that might explain their hesitation to use the transporters. Um, But that wouldn't make sense if they're transporting all the crew from the Titan over to the Intrepid. If transporters are dangerous, they're like... Are, are people dying before they're making yeah. it over to the Intrepid? Well, I, I, that's the question. Like, the Intrepid, is it just a death trap? Like, is everybody over there that's beaming over dying? Like, are they being murdered by the changelings on the Intrepid? It's well, it's but, not clear. But, like, we but, have no idea what happens. But, yeah, but but my point is, like, if it's dangerous to changelings, why would the changelings transport changelings knowing that it was dangerous to the changelings? So I don't think it's a... I don't think the transporters are dangerous to changelings. No, 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 no. No, I don't think that so. Was a, that was... I'm just saying that was a theory that people were throwing oh, around, like... okay. And I don't okay. think that's the case. No, because we see them transporting a, a lot this episode. Yeah, and yeah. and I think there might be something to the fact that transporters do reconstitute matter. Yeah. Right. Um, is that the point in time where changelings are quote unquote um, made? Perhaps. And that is that what Jack is seeing? seeing? Because he's a sleeper agent and knows how this stuff is supposed to happen. Yeah. But that whole thing comes back to why would he be? I don't know. We'll I don't know that. I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm think confused. Jack is a changeling sleeper agent. I think there's something else going on there because yeah. the the changelings at the end were not really. Nobody has really threatened him. They don't want to kill him. No, they want to capture him. They, they want, want to, to capture bring him, him back. alive. Yeah. So I think he's important. I think he is 
whatever that thing was that was in Vadik's hand that she was talking to um, needs whatever is inside Jack. I think yeah. that's part of it. But then the fact that the Borg Queen's voice is the one that was I mean, that, released that, in that, that, that one has not been super confirmed. No, but that, but that it was, is I know there was a leak or a, a screw up in Paramount Plus again, and yeah. the subtitles did say Borg Queen was talking to Jack. So we do have that information, yeah. and it, it, it is hard to square, right? And it's it's not clear exactly what's going on with Jack. And I love that, though. Yeah. It is the central mystery of this season, uh, more so than Starfleet, because we've already figured out Starfleet's compromised by yeah. uh, Changeling. So now we really have to figure out, well, why is Jack important to this story? And we've got yeah. Daystrom still coming and all these other threads that are that are on there. But I feel like Jack is obviously the linchpin, and it's going to be I guess, interesting. I guess the fact that, you know, colors seem to be playing a very important role. Yeah. They always do. Yep. And and we've known that going all the way back to the original series, well, at least TNG, where different species had different colors of streams in their transporters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, different colors for their phasers. Yeah. So green has always been associated with the Borg. And I, th- I think the fact that red is the color that is swirling around Jack in these moments is indicative that it's not the Borg, yeah. but something else. And the other thing that has that is really red aside from like Klingons yeah which it doesn't make sense in this context um is the paw wraiths yeah so which kind of would make sense if the changelings and the, the dominion wraiths. and the paw wraiths if all of that yeah they were, were they were teaming up for some yeah. reason to get revenge yeah you know and yeah. we have seen like Goldicott in DS9 took over uh Jake and has the red eyes, which Jack Crusher has. Am I saying I want that to be the case? This would be a a late stage addition to a pretty packed episode or or arc of episodes that I think might be a little bit... Might be asking too much. Might be asking too much. So maybe they just ran out of colors. Yeah. Red (laughs) red looks good too. So I mean... it does. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think it's it's really cool to to uh, theorize at this point. Yeah. It's it's a fun. We, we haven't done that in I, Star Trek. When is in a the last time. time anybody did any kind of major theorizing when it came to Star Trek? It yeah. certainly hasn't happened in. Well, we haven't been keeping you know, up. Keeping well, up no, as but, much, well, but, but when we were watching Lower Decks, we did have you know yeah. like what was up with Rutherford and who reprogrammed him. And then it was one Buen Amigo, which is still one of the all time great evil admirals yeah. uh, of all time. But yeah, anyways, yeah. that so it is. It's fun. It's fun, it to, fun to have this opportunity and yeah. talk about it. Or uh, Lindsay, Captain Shaw. Yeah, switching gears completely. Yeah, yeah, we're just switching up. Uh, <laughs> these are still the things we loved. Uh, Captain Shaw, hilarious. Uh, yeah. His glee about rubbing it in the face of Picard and Riker. Yeah. Uh, even uh, Seven a little bit. Um, he's, you know, last episode they were they were in the thick of it together mm-hmm. and they figured it out and they, they saved the day and he's right back to being a, a pompous dick. Yeah. And uh, I love it. I, I, I love that his character is... Uh, such an asshole and he's so good at at, yeah. at needling our our favorite people you know like in the, yeah. the turbo lift episode when he's he's humming along and he's giddy about it he's giving it's, all the reasons why yeah you saved the, the galaxy, this, saved the this, galaxy this time, but, but you also did all these things and yeah. it's like okay you know like he's he's like an anti-tng stand and that's what <laughs> so i i love the idea that and, and it's not something I've never really thought about, but of course it would happen. Um, all of this amazing stuff that the TNG crew did, 
Like that information filters out yeah. to the rest of Starfleet. Well, Lower yeah. Decks has played with yeah, this a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you have somebody in a position of command who is governing his ship in such an anti-Picard slash Riker way, um, yeah, like you know he's who, actively opposed to them. Yeah, right? he he's the anti-Boimler more than anything yeah. else. Like him and Boimler are the yeah. exact opposite. But they're still dealing with the same kinds of things. Like these rumors get out, and and there's yeah. a legend around them, and his response is not like reverence. Reverence. Yeah. It's it's I can't believe you guys have gotten away with this shit. <laughs> yeah. And there's a self righteousness to it that I think you've called it hatred. I don't think he hates them. I think he's just like. He feels I, I I do believe his whole thing is that he is um he's being proven right that his command style and his <laughs> does not lead it, to these kind no, of problems. So it's better, right? <laughs> he feels better than they are. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's gotta be a realistic feeling for someone who sees all these great things that somebody else has done and it's like but all the people who have died, all yeah, the things yeah, that have yeah. gone wrong. Yeah. When I'm in the chair, like this is how things are going to be run. Yeah. But he's still all wrapped up in it. He doesn't really have a choice about yeah. what's going on. So yeah, and we'll, we'll get back to him a little bit because mm-hmm. he was also one of my nitpicks. Still, is is his character still a little, little ambiguous? Um, but we'll 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 work around that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other storyline, of course, is Raffi and Morph, and it was. It was good. I enjoy. I like the little, you know, fight scenes between them. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Klingon fake, music coming yeah, back. Love yeah. that. Yeah, that was great. Um, the the actual scene where they find the the Vulcan uh, underworld dude was kind of cool just to see a Vulcan underworld dude. Yeah, uh, we've never seen a Vulcan baddie. Yeah, yeah. It was. I like that. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that because yeah, you'd think like, oh, he'd be really ruthless, and then he kind of wasn't, and that was that was a bit of well, a letdown. Well, no, I, I think he's just he he sees the the odds are stacked in his favor. All of a sudden, it's logical for him to do that. He made that comment. He's like, yes, I'm going to give it an impression I, because that is logical. I think I that there's there's. He's, you know, that's there's something very coldly Vulcan about his <laughs> yeah. approach. I've just been like, yeah, no, you got me into disadvantage here. Uh, I'm not gonna fight it. <laughs> you, you, you had to know, Lindsay, that you were a little worried I about was. Worf there. I mean, I, I saw it happen, and I was like, no, they can't kill Worf. Yeah, like, and like I thought, that. I thought there's lines from the trailers that he hasn't said <laughs> yet. I'm like, but trailers can lie, yeah. and I got this pit in my stomach for like. A half a second yeah. where I was like, oh, man, what if they do kill Worf? Yeah. Once like, they dragged nah, him off, I'm like, yeah, nah, he's gonna... they didn't. Yeah. And it was good the way they did it. And yeah. I thought they were going to reference the fact that, you know, Klingons have like, like two organs, double two, yeah, organs. backup organs. But no, yeah. it's just the Kalos technique, <laughs> which, which is invented, but... kind of sort of not working at that moment because <laughs> he is bleeding a lot and needs medical attention, which yeah. I again, Worf is getting a lot of humor. And um, Michael Dorn does a great yeah, job with that, as it. always. So. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Another thing that was really good, uh, Admiral Janeway, so many references. So have they referenced her in every episode? I believe so. We may have to go back and rewatch, but it's like she's been referenced a lot. So they've got to deliver. I mean, she's right. already in the series. She's already in the, the uh, franchise again, doing yeah. Prodigy. You got to bring her back. I mean, if not really. her, then, uh, you know, they're they're leading to a lot of DS9 uh, storylines alluding to a lot of things. You've yeah. got, well, you know, Brian Quark. Um, we've got Morn and yeah. uh, Brunt. Brunt have FCA. been, yeah, <laughs> have been uh, our associates of. Yeah. Uh, was it Sneed that they? Yeah, yeah, or, it was like or, a C- Sneed associates that they were going to look for, and then yeah. they went to find yeah. Krill or whatever his name was, Kron, Krin, Krin, whatever. Knorr, yeah, uh, yeah. So they, yeah, those obviously. Uh, 
you could even have Odo as a his son actually looks quite yeah, Rene uh, his son looks quite a bit like him yeah. so they could bring him back that I mean, could that, be it, it would be the easiest thing to bring back if you said Odo was going to look like somebody, somebody else because he's a changeling yeah. it would be slightly disrespectful yeah. But, yeah. But, um, but a good point is that they have been focusing on with Lo, Ro she was one of the semi-permanent cast yeah. of TNG yeah. along with Guinan which they brought back last season Q everything like all these returning characters just from TNG there's only one left that really besides Jordy, we haven't seen Jordy yet but we know he's in the, the yeah. series uh, surprise one that's left is uh, Tasha Yar yeah Tasha Yar but or, what about O'Brien yeah or O'Brien O'Brien would be a good one to come back Barkley hasn't great. come back either that's true so there are quite a few richer, like like semi-permanent Sonia Lopez She's not. Oh yeah, yeah. She got she got her moment in Lower Decks. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there. I mean, a lot of speculation about Tashiar, um, or uh, or Sila, Sila, her, yeah, her daughter. Yeah. So I mean, that's that that's who you meant. Yeah, yeah not yeah, Tasha, yeah. but yeah. Um, to bring Denise Crosby back. Yeah. But again, a lot of these people, uh, they've said nope. Not They're not coming it. back. Nope, we're not doing it. Especially Cisco. Avery Brooks has been like, no, not in a million years. But Michelle Forbes's appearance was kept pretty closely guarded yeah. until some spoilers leaked like last week, week sometime. Yeah. So I guess anything's possible. They yeah. did say this was going to be a, ser- a series filled with cameos. Yeah. So I guess expect anything. Set a new course. There's coffee in that nebula. Apart from the the glowing positives that we've been uh, saying, there there were a few downsides to this episode, and I think the first one for you was Shaw. You're still not sure about Shaw's characterization, hey? Well, I I don't think the writers are sure about Shaw's characterization. He's he's you know he's with the crew, the TNG crew, and then he's against the TNG crew. He's helping them. He's and he's giving them command, and then he's he's pissed off at what they do while in command. It's 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 a back and forth. And this episode was probably the most whip sawing of all because he's like oh uh you guys are gonna go get court-martialed and sentenced to whatever and he's so giddy about it and then as soon as uh this all this other stuff just happens off screen he gets told oh starfleet's compromised there's changelings everywhere uh you need to run away from the intrepid and he's like okay run away from the intrepid and it's just it just happens very quickly you get no insight into why he's doing this it's just it's literally his character seesaws back and forth with whatever the plot needs and it's always just picard and riker employing him to look can't you see what's happening things are bad let's do it my way instead and he he's I, I don't know. I, he just he just responds the way the plot needs him to, and it does not does not. Work I, don't I don't know. Like I think the the underlying thread of his character is this like crusty, um, kind of put upon captain who's never had any anything go wrong with any of his ships ever, and all of a sudden he's he's very out of his element. I think that's going to make anybody be a little bit unsure about what to do but his his ability to say while he's bleeding to death you take command and then to accept that command back and be a little bit again crusty about it um it it doesn't feel completely out of character it it does seem to switch on a dime but i don't think that's i'm not faulting him too much for that i'm not faulting the writers too much for writing that i think that he does play a little bit of, like, well, no, not a little bit. He is very much a foil to our two intrepid heroes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's not, he's just out of his element. And I think that it's 
it's a clash of this is my natural governing style this is my natural yeah. command style and this is what the 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 moment calls for which i think is kind of admirable that he's you know, at the end of the episode, when when he first hears that there's a changeling threat, and he's like, "No, fuck off! I'm not doing this. Call security." Um, but it takes like thirty seconds for him to realize, "Oh, actually, this is this is a serious problem." I mean, I think that's that's a a, fair, it's a commendable yeah. thing to do to be like, "My initial gut reaction is to do this, but in the face of new evidence, I'm not going to hold my ground. I'm going to do the thing that's required of me." That's I that's guess. a good. That's uh, what a good commander should do: reassess, reevaluate, appro- approach the problem appropriately. I, I I guess my my issue is that it's always the end of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> and you know he's he's getting asked to do something. I feel like they 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 add so much drama at the end of an episode uh, that yeah. doesn't feel earned sometimes, and it's it's just well, it's, it's the nature of episodic t- television too, right? Well, but it's not episodic; it's it's an arc, right? And that I and know, but they're still. It I, is still I episodic know. in the sense that I, no, I know, and yeah. I just I, it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It's not it's not earned. I don't like that. I I don't feel like it's it's helpful to the characters or the plot. But it's a relatively small one because I feel like you're right. His character does have some motivations for it. It's just not clear and not well done in my mind. Well, to each his own. And to me, the correctness. Yeah, no, it's nice for you to be wrong sometimes. Never. So. Uh, so the other major complaint I had this this episode, it's not really no, it's not even this episode. It's this whole plot, the Raffi Wharf plot. Uh, I wrote in my notes, it is so much hand waving. Uh, it feels like you're at a you're watching a royal parade at this point because <laughs> I have no idea what Crin Sneed and the the Romulan guy that they they pulled out his head. No idea how any of them were involved in anything. It's all just like oh, this guy did this and and this guy and why did we kill Sneed? Well. Why did you kill Sneed? You didn't need to. You'd killed all his bodyguards and then you just cut off his head, Worf. Like, it was, it is just, this storyline doesn't make any sense. And the fact that they've had three separate incidents now where they go to the underworld and find a bad guy, talk to him, and then kill him, it's happened three times. Mm-hmm. And it is, or well, I guess they didn't kill Creed. The, the, Crin? Crin? I call him Creed for You call him Kenor yeah, earlier. He's that's about it. Uh you know, like they didn't kill him. But this exact thing has happened three times in the three episodes they've been together. Well it's not it's just it's they're just, in the seedy underbelly. This is how things I know, go. It could be a, it could have been streamlined. You just needed one guy to give you the ultimate information, here's, which is here's how they stole from Daystrom. That's all you needed. You didn't have to do yeah, the exact same plot three times. But I, that's all my point. I, we don't know enough to say that it's not necessary. You need to be patient. You are asking for too much from a single episode. You want everything wrapped up neatly no, in a bow. That's no. what it sounds like. No, I want I I want the exact opposite. I want it nicely structured and built up, not just like oh and you don't. No, because every time, every episode, Lindsay, with this plot line, there's a scene where Raffi just, Raffi or Worf, or both, will rattle off, oh, but this this thing happened with the bad guys, and therefore this character who we've never met before is the next place we should go, and that's it. That's all that happens in that scene, and then they go and find the guy. And it just, just, okay. just give it some they structure are the, They are the B-plot. This is a B-plot right now. I understand. It's still, I would rather my B-plot be good. <laughs> yes, but they never are. It's always oh, a B-plot. It's just how no. it is. You don't get to have a full episode where you get to see all the things that go into making these decisions. I think it's... It's weak. Maybe I am- this is a, the kind of thing that requires tentacles and webs. We've already seen that we don't know who is a changeling on which ship. And there's... Roe tells us that there's... 
things happening all over that yeah. have been covered up and Frontier nobody knows what's, and she up. is the only one who seems to be needling and finding a way into like what's going on yeah. so this could be much more widespread it doesn't need to be one underworld guy how realistic is that that one underworld guy is going to arrange all of this no there's probably a whole network of people and a hierarchy of people that are involved in this okay. and it makes sense that somebody with for sure with Rafi's credentials, she's really low on the on the chain of being here. That she isn't going to have access to the top head honcho. And Worf is only going to get so far up that chain. Now it seems like this is picking up. She, Roe connected um, Worf to Riker and Picard. By the end of the episode, they yeah. are talking. I think now we're going to see part, this whole I'm thing great. picking that, up, that, and we're going to figure out I'm, what's going on. I'm fine with. By the all time of... they get to Daystrom, we will we will see how these things are connected. Mark my words. Sure. My, okay. My, this is my grand putting okay. my foot out there. By episode nine, I will come back and remind you of this conversation. Fine. Where nothing that happened in those first four episodes with Raffi and Worf has anything to do with anything because it was all just pointing you us mean, to get to Daystrom. You mean you we mean the, the first time we see a changeling is pointed to nothing? Uh, he not was a changeling. That, yes, he, and, and that, that was, was revealed to the audience. It had yeah, nothing. To, it's how stories go, Aiden. Okay. Okay, we're gonna agree to disagree here. Come now. Come now. There's no need for this petty bickering. We're all friends here. Can we at least agree that the phrase Starfleet is compromised blared over the intercom to a bunch yeah. of Starfleet officers is a little... Especially when you don't know yeah, like, who's who. Yeah. Like, Roe leaves, blows herself up, RIP, and then um, <laughs> Picard is left with a skeleton crew, but he's had no say in who that skeleton crew is, and Roe hasn't... Has she been micromanaging who she thinks is the change yeah, things? No, because she because it yeah. seems pretty indiscriminate at this point. Yeah. So anybody could be a changeling. Yeah. So announcing that is just gonna make everybody who is a changeling on board because there's gotta be changelings still yeah. on board. Be like, right? oh shit, they're onto us. Time to go do bad things, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it just it it was just silly. And like nobody else has this context. Again, Picard is the only one who's talked to Roe and yeah. seen and you know had this well, explained aside to her. From, from the people on the bridge crew who saw the last conversation that they had. Yeah, sure. Okay, fair. But nobody else on the ship yeah. knows anything about this. Yeah. And so again, it's out. a lower deck situation where you've got people in the boiler room. Are there boiler rooms on a ship like this? Engine in room? the engine room. Yeah. Working yeah. on the the warp core. And they, they're like, what, what the fuck, fuck is going what on the fuck? up there? Why? Starfleet's compromised by what? Can I take my break yet? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Right? Now we're down to a skeleton crew and you throw this at me. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I didn't appreciate that. Another little little annoying piece here. Um, everybody remember, in the, I think it was like two episodes ago maybe, or maybe it was just last episode, when the, the yellow shirt was like, this is all your fault to Jack. We've never seen this character before. And like all of a sudden everybody knows who Jack is and how he's the cause of all their problems. And in this episode, nobody knows who Jack is. He's just walking around and points. Okay. Point. One character knew who Jack was in that episode. It was two episodes ago. And that one character might have seen something go down on the bridge. Might have. You don't know. I'm just saying. He was there as a stand in for all the crew. This character was that that didn't know who he was is a transporter chief or or not even a transporter chief. Just might be the guy working that shift in the transporter room. Yeah. I'm just saying 
There's a it's a pretty big crew. I'm sure not everybody knows and who Jack I, I would Crusher have had no, is. I would have had no problem with it if they hadn't done it that other previous episode where some random guy was like, this is all your fault. It was bad writing then. I'm just saying it, it hurt this episode as well because it immediately came to mind when this other person had no idea who he you was. You just like looking for things to be mad about, don't you? I, I, I enjoy uh, picking... Being mad about I, things. I enjoy picking on bad things that are done poorly when they and when yet, they hurt things. When I edit your writing and I tell you things about your own work. You correct, Lindsay, you correct all the grammar mistakes and I am so appreciative and for it. How many times have I edited a story of yours and you've gotten in such a sulk and then you refuse to write because you're like, you don't like my writing. My writing sucks. <laughs> I'm never gonna write again. That is totally normal. You are so sensitive to criticism and yet you are the first one to criticize. I am I am a terrible critic and a, a terrible Yes, you are as well. a terrible critic. Okay. Fine, we agree on that, at least. <laughs> cool, well, live long and prosper. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute, Beckett! Lindsay, let's do our episode sponsor uh, before we get into our ridiculous prediction. Uh, this episode, of course, brought to you by Bajoran's Box. Tired of the same old earring you've been sporting for a long time now? Want to get rid of the bad vibes associated with the piece your mother handcrafted for you after decades spent in a Cardassian prison mine? Want to get a fresh start on your connection to the profits? Well, with Bajoran's Box, you can receive one new authentic Bajoran earring each month. With Bajoran's Box, you choose the style, ear shape, metal composition, and even bomb-making potential of the earring design you'll receive each month. Whether you're stuck on an Orion pirate ship fixing plasma coils or lounging in luxury on Ryza, all you'll need is a Class 1 <laughs> replicator and a subspace antenna, and you too can replicate your pre-selected earring. Let the fine folks at Bajoran's Box pick out the trendiest designs, most religiously attuning shapes, and paw-supporting clips this side of the wormhole, all with Bajoran's Box. Use our code BIXBADGEBOX30, <laughs> that's terrible, for 30% off a six-month subscription. If you sign up for a year-long deal, you can get a further 15% off of that. I don't know what you're using. I guess Latinum. You're using Gold Press Latinum. That's real. Yeah. Uh, keep your paw aligned with the profits today with the help of our friends at Bajoran's Box. Nice. Yeah. What are, what are you spoofing? What uh, is there's a apparently there is I you can get a subscription box for anything. This is what I realized. Is I'm like there's I, a jewelry subscription. There's a jewelry service? there are so many jewelry there were 16 when I googled it because I was wow. like is this a real thing and there was like the top 22 jewelry subscription oh services available today. I'm like oh my god. I had to figure out how to adapt it, obviously, for Star Trek. But You anyways. mean you had to figure out uh, how to approach one of them to create an authentic yes. um, uh, box experience for our fine <laughs> listeners, right? Of course. That's exactly what I meant, Lindsay. Or... So let's get into those predictions, Lindsay. Um, I want to do our ridiculous ones first. We'll go back obviously. and forth. And then the real ones. Uh, mine, it's jumping way ahead. We've talked about it. Janeway's not only coming back... She is the head changeling. She's she is the, the big changeling. She is the big bad oh. of this season. It's going to be Admiral Janeway. You know, I did. I did like the the idea. If if the the uh, transporters are somehow involved with this, it would mm -hmm. make perfect sense that Janeway would. Considering the whole Tuvix incident, <laughs> right? If if yeah. uh, transporters are somehow involved in in like reconstituting people into other forms, Janeway has to have. Some involvement with that, right? That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd believe it. I mean, that's not so ridiculous. Yeah, I would hate to see that. I, would, I, if if the if your ridiculous prediction does come true, I'm gonna be upset if if the real Janeway doesn't have some like 
good Roland. Yeah, like well. killing yeah, yeah, her yeah. her changeling yeah, self. Yeah, she walks in over her own dead body and shoots it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good day for coffee. I don't know, <laughs> this is why I don't write for Star Trek. <laughs> What's your ridiculous? My prediction? ridiculous prediction um, is that. Peanut Hamper is the AI controlling <laughs> I would I would kill for that. I would that would be so amazing. Like that that episode where Peanut Hamper and the other uh, AI that Jeffrey Combs yeah. voiced, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um where and then they kind of all the other AIs turn on around them. I'm like, they're that it's like they took over yeah. and they are the ones controlling. So that's yeah. of course that's how bad guys get in. Because yeah. they're just there to wreak havoc on everything. Yeah. That's my ridiculous. Yeah prediction I, you know what i don't think it's that would be amazing that would be that would make me so so very happy if that were real <laughs> just see a little exocomp walk out and like lip off picard like yeah. that'd be hilarious um i actually my real prediction is closely tied to that Lindsay. i think either lore or moriarty will make an appearance next episode when oh. we go to daystrom i think one of them will be the ai either it'll be moriarty as the you know they've repurposed him as a yeah. as a good guy kind of protect it or it's lore and Moriarty is the thing that allows uh, the bad guys to have gotten in the first place because he's the only one who can outsmart so a data. So my, my, my whole thing about Moriarty is the last time we saw him, he, he was trapped in a cube that ended up on Barclay's desk, yes. right? So unless Barclay, and, and we don't know that he's not, unless he's involved with Daystrom somehow yeah. um, and has given this to them, there's no, how would Moriarty have gotten involved with yeah, with he, could have, he could have given it to them. Yeah, why wouldn't he? I guess. If they're looking into artificial intelligence and they realize, oh, there's a holodeck character who became sentient. See, I yeah. I don't know. I, I I think I would like that. That would make more sense than lore being. Because lore is an actual physical creation yeah. that is just AI governed. Like yeah. he has an artificial intelligence that, right? Yeah. Like data. Um, yeah. Like data. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think Moriarty's... Um, presence i hope it's more interesting i think the idea that that the whole raffi wharf thing um their conceit was pulled off with the help of mobile emitters um yeah i think that's going to come into play yeah, with I, with moriarty as well yeah moriarty for way. sure i would not be surprised if the doctor is not i one hope of characters. so i mean hopefully captain harry kim that would be my greatest hope of all but no he's it's... gonna be uh lieutenant junior grade, maybe. <laughs> it's been 25 years that's as high as you get <laughs> Lindsay, what's your real prediction? My real prediction kind of continues from the previous predictions with uh, Roe and Picard talking about the plans for Frontier Day and the entire fleet being on display. Mm -hmm. Um, Last episode, I think, I mentioned that you might see the ships yeah, the in original the nebula. Ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the entire fleet, when they say entire fleet, I'm interpreting that as like the, the like... The number one Constitution class ship, the number one Intrepid class yeah, ship, like yeah, like yeah. it's not going to be all of those ships. It'll just be like the the quote unquote flagship for that model or that class of sure. ship will be on display. Um, so I do think that we're going to see like the historical ships mm-hmm. being on display. I think that's kind of a given. At and this you think point. they're going to be the target of the? I think they're going to either be they're either going to be well they're going to be the target for some kind of nefarious nefarious plot. Yeah. But they're either going to be put back into service to, like, help finish off the threat, or they are going to be destroyed. And that would be a very Star Trek thing to do, because they have destroyed their hero ships how many times? Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> right? They've all so, gone up in flames. So, <laughs> I mean, I would not be surprised if we saw the Defiant and Voyager and 
the Delta Flyer. Yeah. You know, all of these ships just like yeah. done for. Well, and the Enterprise F hasn't made an appearance yet. No, like, but we, we know it is. We know it's coming. It's so from the, yeah, it's in the trailer. So yeah. that's something else to look out for. Yeah. I like it, Lens. I, I think yours is very likely to come true. Yeah, I think I'll just keep adding to this as the, <laughs> until it happens. Until it happens in the twelfth episode. Big Slog, Stardate 7821.6. With the return of Commander Rolaren, the Bajoran who set the tone for all Bajorans to come after her, were left feeling a little torn. On one hand, it was nice to see the return of this legacy character, whose future was left so tantalizingly open, even after the demise of the Maquis to which she had defected. But for her return to be cut so tragically short is a bit hard to take. Commodore Aiden and I are, as usual, of two minds on the subject. Not that this segment ever helps us truly solidify our opinions, but we might as well give it a shot. Lindsay, Commodore? Well, that's I made you so Ensign nice. last time. I know. We're I've, all over I've, the place. Yeah, we this. just spam whatever rank we feel like. Yeah. But that's, that's nice yeah. after you've insulted my writing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't insult I'm, I'm being, your writing I, this time. <laughs> it's in the past that I insulted your I'm writing. I'm just being testy on purpose here. Anyways, uh, it's a good question. Um, yeah, how would you would you change how Rolaren was used in this episode? I will take the yes side. I feel like I could argue both sides of this. I can see it both ways, but yeah. I'm going to argue yes. Um, I feel like it would have been nice to have her be integrated earlier, maybe into the Raffian and Worf plot um, because we know yeah we know now that she was there basically Mm -hmm. the whole time Um, just to give her character a little more room um, I did love what they the the conversation that she had with Picard it was to the point and it covered exactly what her character was but I feel like her character also had you know everything about the Cardassians and why she why she went to go fight for the Maquis it was not really addressed at all and I feel like there was there was room for that to still be explored in maybe it's maybe it is in this episode, but I think this episode was pretty tight and, and full mm. as it was. So I think it would have had to go in a different episode. In that sense, I would have liked to have seen more of her. Also, I didn't like how they killed her. Like she didn't even try and defuse the bomb. She just decided to go be a martyr, and it was it not a martyr, but like a, a hero. And that felt a little weak. It felt like, okay, this is a woman who's survived everything. You know, she's survived being a terrorist in a Cardassian prison or a, a Federation prison. She's gone through Starfleet twice. She was in Starfleet intelligence. She knows that the changelings are everywhere. And yet she got completely, got complete caught completely off guard mm. by the changelings. It felt a little weak. It felt like this character was here purely to serve this one episode's plot and it did that great. But I think the character deserved more. And I think she could have, you know, she could have, they could have done it a different way where she still wants, like if she goes back to the Intrepid and all of a sudden, you know, she gets a phaser pointed at her by the Changeling Captain and he's like, we have to capture the, the, uh, the Titan and we have to capture Jack. You, you failed in your mission. Now I'm going to lock you away or something like that. You keep her around for maybe later on. You can bring her back and she can come and play um, a pivotal role down the down the line. I think something like that would be really nice just because I do love her character so much. And I feel like it was only 30% explored in this episode. It was only her and Picard's relationship. I mean, she didn't even mention the fact that her and Riker boned, which is like <laughs> one of the biggest things for her character was like her dynamic with Riker was so cool through TNG. Um 
like she, when they thought that they died here at her and Jordy, and mm-hmm. she's like, she never found out what Riker was going to say about mm-hmm. her. You know, like that was left completely unaddressed. You know, th- those those dynamics were there too. Um, I would have liked to see her and Jordy again. You know, that would have been really cool. So that hurt a little bit. I mean, I will say that fridging her the way they did um, in order to convince Shaw that there was a reason to go after, like to go on the run, was a little shitty. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who wasn't, like, totally in love with Rolaren's character to begin with. Like, she was a pretty minor character when she was part of the show an interesting character mm-hmm. and opened up the idea of a Bajoran resistance and the Maquis and it led to some of the greatest storylines on DS9 and the whole impetus for Voyager. So she's a pivotal character. I, I grant you that. Was she important enough to deserve five episodes in Picard when we're not even getting Jordi LaForge or yeah. Deanna Troy or like somebody else who had more to do and, and more of a part to play i mean i think that's asking a little much i think she went out exactly the way um any stereotypical bajoran would and that is by (laughs) committing an act of terror on a ship by blowing it up yeah that's just you know it's it may not be the most uh, nuanced take but you know if you're a former member of a terrorist organization yeah you're gonna pilot your shuttle into the nacelle of a ship that you know is compromised yeah in order to disable it. Although it doesn't really disable it that much. They're still able to fire phasers. Yeah, photons. Or yeah, photons yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know. I, I, I just think that even if it's not exactly the way I would have done it. It worked out for It you, worked like, out. And I think yeah. it's sad. But I think ultimately in a 10 episode run, you yeah. can only devote so many minutes to a character who appeared in half dozen or two dozen yeah, episodes. Maybe, yeah, it was about 20-some. Yeah. Right? 30 years ago. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I agree to an extent. I think, yeah, just the, the, the limited run. And we don't know what's coming. Like, yeah. maybe there isn't time to explore more. Yeah. Um, obviously not, because they killed her. Yeah. You know, they, they, they didn't, the writers didn't think so. So, um, yeah. Okay. I'll grant you this one, Lindsay. I, yeah, I think we kind of agree. Like, I, I would love to see more. But at the same time, this worked for the episode we got. Yeah. And... Um, you're right. She was a relatively small character. She gets one episode to make a big impact, and she did. Yeah. And that was that's good. Okay. Sean Luke, it's up to you now. You finished what I started. So next episode, episode six. Uh, I don't, uh, the title has been released, but yeah, I, we we never look it up before no. we start this one. But yeah. we never we never watch the trailers either to no. see what's going on. No, we should we should. But oh. I like I like going in a little blind. Yeah. It's it's nice each week. Um, but yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, coming out a week from when you listen to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is this is I'm enjoying Picard again. Yeah, uh, like I haven't since probably the second or third episode of season one. Um, uh, I, see, I liked I liked it all the way through season one. It was season two where things started to get a little dicey for me. Yeah, but I mean, this is there's there's power in tightening up your writing and mm-hmm. and writing it all at once and making sure that the story is finished before you start filming. And um, <laughs> I can't I believe that happens. But anyways. I think that's that's the strength of of this season, and it's, it's yeah, it starting shows. to pay off. I think so. I agree. Yeah. So, listeners, thank you for joining us, and until next time, live long and prosper. You 
can find all our episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We love to talk Star Trek with our fellow nerds, and would love to hear from you if you have thoughts or ideas about any of our discussions or the topics we've brought up. You can reach out to us on Twitter, that's at TheBixPod, or by email at TheBixPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Beam us up, Scotty.